know it can seem scary and I know it can seem overwhelming, but I want to tell you this. I have never met anybody ever who regretted detoxing. Like I have never met at a meeting or in any of my podcast interviews. I have never met somebody who was like, you know, I really wish I hadn't detoxed. I do wish I was still strung out. Like nobody regrets a detox, but everybody regrets staying strung out another day. Hey guys, the clip you just heard was a clip from today's episode, Detox Details. Today's episode is designed to be a resource, hopefully, for those looking to detox or for those of my audience that are already detoxed in recovery, maybe a resource that you can share because as someone in recovery, I often get asked, hey, uh, my buddy needs to detox or, you know, what do they do? Or my mom's friend needs to detox. What do they do? You may get asked that also. And like, that is a giant answer, right? And so ideally, this would be an episode that you could share with somebody with some actionable practical tools. I'm also including the 1-800 number in the show notes for SAMHSA, the Substance Abuse and Mental Health National Hotline number where you can find some of these local resources that I'm going to talk about in the episode. Also, as I edited the episode, there were a few really important things that I left out that I wanted to include. So listen to the end of the episode. And there's another like four minute little clip at the end where I included some important information as well. So hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Thank you so much. Thank you guys so much for joining me for another episode of Chasing Heroin. So today's episode is the single most highly requested topic I have ever received, not just since I started the show, but since I've been somebody that's like out there in my recovery. And that question is, how do I or someone I care about detox? How do I detox comfortably? I work. I don't have health insurance. I don't want my family to know. I need to do this in somewhat secret. I want to make it comfortable. How do I do this? Like there are so many questions surrounding detox. And I wanted to provide this episode as a resource because also you guys know if you're in recovery and you're kind of out about your recovery, I'm sure you have gotten requests where it's like, you know, someone reaches out to you and they're like, my cousin's sister's mother's kid is on fentanyl and we got to get them off. What do we do? And it's like, okay, that, you know, this is so much longer than a text. How do I, and then you almost feel guilty because you're like, oh my God, this is a massively long answer. Like I can't answer this with one sentence, you know, and and they don't know, you know, they're just like, oh, I know a drug addict. Let's ask him. You know, it's like, so of course people are going to ask you, what do you say? It's a massive answer. So my goal My hope is that this episode could be a resource and you guys could just like fire off this episode to somebody and be like, hey, this chick's got some information if you want to check this out because that's a big like that's a big answer. That's a detailed answer, right? There are lots of different avenues. So I'm going to try to keep this as concise as possible. And I also want to give you guys a couple of disclaimers off the top here. One, obviously, I'm not a doctor, so I am not giving anybody any medical advice All I am doing is sharing with you guys what I've done, which also means, and here's my second disclaimer, my information is around seven years old, right? Because that's when I got clean. And so I had the information that was available to me at the time in the past seven years. I'm sure there have been new advances, new discoveries in the world of detox that I'm unfamiliar with. 
And I thought about like kind of doing some research and sharing that. But you know what? I just don't want to share with you guys something I haven't personally done because I want to tell you how much it hurts. <laughs> like I want to be able to let you know what the pain factor is. And if I don't know the pain factor of something like I'm not going to share it. So one, I'm not a doctor. This is not designed to be medical advice. I am simply going to share with you what I did what worked for me and ultimately like the recipe, the formula that I came up with that worked for me. And then you can do with that information, you know, what you will. Secondly, my info is seven plus years old, right? So there may be some new stuff that I don't know about. So if you're a newer person in recovery and you're listening to this and you think, oh my God, she left out whatever, whatever. Yeah, you're right. I, I might have, I like, I might not know about, you know, whatever the newer things are. Three, when I was getting clean, harm reduction was not an acceptable way to recover. So I only know how to detox off opiates completely. I don't know what maintenance doses are. That is a whole new world. And frankly, if it had been available to me at the time, I might have chosen to do a maintenance dose of something, but it was never an option for me. In fact, where I was getting clean, it was actually like super frowned upon. So if you are interested in harm reduction, and I'll actually talk about that when I think you would start harm reduction based on what I know from detoxing, but other people will have better information on that. And then lastly, a lot of my advice is geared towards broke ass people with no health insurance because I was a broke ass with no health insurance. And a lot of the advice I'm going to give could be completely avoided. If you have nice health insurance, you can just call your health insurance company and ask if there's a medicated detox. I'll talk about this more also, but a lot of this could probably be avoided. But so I'm talking to the people that are like, hey, I don't have any insurance. Like, I don't know what to do here. Like, that's how I was always kicking. And I feel like that's potentially who's really going to be out there asking, right? The other thing I want to say, though, before I get started is that everyone wants an easy way to detox, the easiest way to detox, right? Everyone is scared shitless to detox, including me. In my experience, the primary reason people continue using for as long as they do is because detox sucks and everybody wants the softest way to detox. And I just want to say up front that I do know how to make a detox a little bit more comfortable, but generally speaking, detox is not going to be comfortable and I have not found a way around it. And in my experience, the only way through it is straight the fuck through it. And I know it can seem scary and I know it can seem overwhelming, but I want to tell you this. I have never met anybody ever who regretted detoxing. Like I have never met at a meeting or in any of my podcast interviews. I have never met somebody who was like, you know, I really wish I hadn't detoxed. I do wish I was still strung out. Like nobody regrets a detox, but everybody regrets staying strung out another day, right? Nobody regrets a detox. So the pain of the detox is never so much that we wish we hadn't done it, right? Like if you have been looking for a sign to detox, let this be your sign, man. Let this be your sign. It's not going to be comfortable, but in my experience, and if you're listening to this show, I probably don't have to tell you, it is way easier to go through this for, you know, however many days, we're talking days, not a month, we're talking days, than continuously be strung out day in and day out and have your entire life halted 
not progressing because you have to get well every single day, right? You're not going to regret detoxing. Also, guys, going through a detox, and only other addicts are going to understand this, okay? Like nobody else is going to hear this and be like, oh, yeah, probably addicts will understand this. Going through a detox will force you to become a stronger, more resilient version of yourself. A detox is actually an opportunity for you to become like a literal phoenix. And you go into a room and you dance with the devil and you win. And you walk out on the other side a better, stronger version of yourself. And when you have kicked heroin, you have a strength now that other people don't understand. Or fentanyl or Oxycontin. When you have kicked opiates, you will have a personal strength that no one else can fathom and understand. We have that now. And I've used that to my advantage now. Like you guys, I've been working out before. And if something's heavy or something's hard, I'll be like, Janine, you've kicked heroin. You could do this. <laughs> and like it propels me forward. I'm like, don't, this ain't shit. You kicked dope. And like it literally propels me forward. And so I know it's going to be scary, but it's nothing that you can't get through. And one of the things I talk about all the time, you guys, is like the depths of our darkness is directly related to the heights of our joy. And so the depths of your sickness and this kick is going to be directly reflected in how good you feel on the other side. Like there are still times seven years later when I'm walking around outside or I'm like working out and I'm like, whew, you know, like I feel good in my body. I feel healthy, you know, and I remember that kick and I still remember being on that couch and now I feel so good and I can recognize that. And that dark night of the soul moment, right? That dark night of the soul moment where you come face to face with you and your darkest demons and you win, that dark night of the soul moment, it can be a turnaround for you in your life where you emerge a wiser stronger, more resilient version of yourself. So the kick is not going to be easy, but it's going to be one of the strongest, most powerful things you've ever done for yourself. Okay. I promise you won't regret going through this kick. So let's get into it. The first kick I ever did, this is old school. This is old school as hell. The first detox I ever did was actually a 21-day methadone detox. This is old school, but I'm sharing it anyways because I want to share with you guys what I did. When I did the methadone detox, I had only been using for three months, four months. I was strung out, but I wasn't using a lot. I was smoking way less than a gram a day, not even a half a gram a day, a, a, a 20 sack, a dub, but I feel so stupid saying dub now. I felt pretty stupid saying it then, but a dub, I don't even know if they call it that anymore. It's 20 bucks worth of heroin. I smoked anywhere from 20 bucks to 40 bucks worth of heroin a day. No meth yet, I don't think. Very little. Anyways, not a lot of meth small heroin habit smoking and my brother was getting married out of town and it was the first time my heroin habit really came up against my family values you know and my commitments and I felt like such a piece of shit because I was faced with the choice of not going to my brother's wedding who I love who I adore my brother and I've been through a lot together I really wanted to be there or bringing heroin to my brother's wedding. I'm getting teary eyed right now thinking about it. And it was a long time ago. Like those were my choices and, or, or get off of it. Right. 
So my first intention was to just get off of it. I was like, this is not working, obviously, and, and I, I got to be clean for my brother's wedding. And at that time, I still had a great life. I'd only been using for a few months. I lived in a nice place in a beach village here in San Diego. I was teaching at a beautiful resort in one of the wealthiest areas in the world down in San Diego. And I was teaching bar at a really polished, professional, studio-level bar and making decent money. And I decided I wanted to try to detox. So I did a 21-day methadone detox. And the reason I share that my habit wasn't that high is because if I'd been using later, longer, the methadone detox probably wouldn't have worked. So if you've been using for a really long time, your habit is super high, like I don't know if this is going to work for you. And the reason it worked for me is because the dose they start you on, and I don't remember the exact numbers, I'm just going to guess, say they start you on 65 milliliters of methadone. They take you down daily over 21 days until the last day is like two milliliters and they pull you down over 21 days. If you have a massively high habit, that first day might not even be enough, but it was for me. Now, here are the cons of the methadone detox. Methadone clinics are irritating and shady, right, to even be there. And they only are open from like 7 to 10 every day. You have to be there on time. And it was $15 a day, which adds up, right? And, and you have to have a car. I had to be able to get there by car. So again, that was not accessible to me later. But at this time, it was. And again, I want to share with you guys everything that I did do because at that time, I needed to keep my jobs and have no one know. And the methadone detox made that available. I would just shoot there in the mornings, get my dose, and leave. And it actually kind of worked. I didn't do any heroin for, I don't know, 15 days of it, a lot of it. And towards the end, I started feeling a little achy and I would take like a steaming hot shower and it would pass. Again, this was early on in my heroin habit, but it was working. And I was down to like day five and I had done the whole thing. And, you know, I hadn't had enough consequences yet, I don't think, to my using. And so not because of sickness, but because of me, the person was still like flawed and deep in my addiction. I wasn't really ready to stop. And I spent some time with Evan. This is when I was with him and he was using and I smoked with him. And I also think there was a part of me that was like, oh, shit, I almost just did it. I mean, you know, I could do that again. Right. Like that old trap. So I didn't complete that detox, but it was working for me at the time. So depending on like where you are, what your daily looks life looks like, you know, that worked for me at that time. When I had a car, the cash to do it, and I had to be getting to work. The methadone detox, you know, worked for me. Now, this is also where maintenance would come into play, right? One of those days could just remain the dose that you stay on. But I definitely didn't want a methadone maintenance habit. I am trying to drive to the methadone clinic every single day. And I missed Later, I did do methadone maintenance briefly, but it wasn't really maintenance. I was just doing heroin also, and it was a way to, like, ensure that I was less sick. I missed going for a few days and then also couldn't find any heroin. And who getting off that methadone or, you know, kicking from the methadone was not nice. So, but that is technically where if you wanted to, like, you know, start doing methadone maintenance, you would do it in sometime in that, in that time frame. But again, I don't know a lot about maintenance stuff. But you could ask somebody at the clinic if this is what you're interested in. Again, though, caveat, my younger, newer audience, I know methadone is old school as shit. I get it. But I just wanted to share that because I did it.
the second way I detoxed is the ideal way to detox, in my opinion. And if you can swing this, this is ideal. If you have health insurance, this is probably going to be what they offer. My second kick, I actually did not have health insurance, but I was very, very, very lucky. And family members paid for this for me. My mom and my dad actually paid for this for me. They told me they would do it once and never again. They paid for me to go to a medicated detox in a, I was in a hospital, but it was like nice. It didn't feel necessarily like a hospital and they had groups and stuff every day. And that was when I was introduced to Suboxone, which I didn't know anything really about Suboxone up until then. Suboxone, many of you guys may know, Suboxone is a medication that can make the kick of opiates less painful and or become something that the addict stays on long term to assist with cravings. But again, I don't know a whole lot about harm reduction. My understanding is that that's the idea behind it, that it can provide some long-term success as pertains to cravings and feelings of, you know, well-being. It's, it's that, it, that it's, a, it's a healthy, good, workable substitute. Again, I don't know a lot about that though, so I don't wanna talk about it a lot, but that's my understanding of Suboxone maintenance. My understanding of it was, or the way it was presented to me, was that you take it for five days and taper down, kind of like I did on the methadone. You just take less Suboxone over time. And then on the last day, you know, you're done. So at this place and at nice places, this is kind of typically the deal. I got there and they recommend you not take a Suboxone for at least 24 hours. I learned over the years of my trying, I could take one at about 19 hours. But I learned that by taking them too early and getting really, really sick. So I don't recommend playing around with that. Also, with fentanyl, my understanding is that you may need to wait a little bit longer than 24 hours, up to three days. So here's how these places make that initial 24 hours to three days nicer. At a place like this, they gave me Ambien and not Xanax, but a benzo similar to Xanax that's not quite as strong to get me through those first 24 hours, and then I could take my first Suboxone. So that is, that's the ideal way for me, that was the goal detox, was in a place like that where they would allow me to take some medication to help me relax or sleep through that 24 hours and then get on the Suboxone. That was my ideal way to do it. I was only able to do that that one time. And typically, a Suboxone taper looks something like seven, eight milligram strips of Suboxone. It may give you a whole eight the first day, a whole strip. Eight to 12 hours later, another strip. And then starting the next day, they're really easy to cut with scissors. You start cutting them down and you take a half of one. And then you start expanding the time, lengthening the time between taking strips so the strips get smaller and the time in between get longer right the same way that you would regulate anything that you were trying to do until you are out of your suboxone strips and that is a classic suboxone taper as was my experience that was at a cushy place what i loved about the rehab i talk about all the time you guys have heard me talk about choices they did the same thing minus the Ambien and Xanax. 
your 24 hours was was just teeth gritted, right? And then they gave you your first sub. But Choices was way, way more affordable, right? The the expensive detox without health insurance was upward of, you know, thousands. It was a lot. At Choices, for a 19-day medicated detox, and the house was really comfortable, really nice. I loved it there, actually. <laughs> Spent a lot of time there. It was 2500 bucks for 19 days. It has definitely gone up since then. And $2,500 is still a lot of money. But $2,500, if you've got a couple of family members that are willing to help you, or if you even have that money or you can start saving for that money, that is much more attainable than 30000 right, is that. But that's, again, still doing it where you are going somewhere and they're administering the Suboxone to you. So I was able to do those few things. And then I got to a place in my life where I know some of you guys are at or the people that you know are at where there was no option for me to go to even to a less expensive one. No car, no help, no phone. Everybody is sick of my bullshit. So this is what I began doing when I needed to detox myself. I would attempt to get Suboxone on my own, off the street, illegally. Often connects also have Suboxone. Or, A, there are Suboxone doctors that will write you a prescription for Suboxone, but I don't know a whole lot about that. I just feel like I need to include that. I want to include the legal way to do it. I didn't do that. I would find Suboxone, and I would find Ambien. And what was successful for me was going out of town, not anywhere near where I could call a connect or a connect would come to me too far away for them to not drive there three hours crap ass motel room however many suboxones i could get a hold of anything i could do to make the preceding days easier food cigarettes maybe there's a tv show to binge i started to say a, a computer to binge but i never had a computer or anything like that but like you know i would just watch tv and my last kick, which was the, I guess you could say the most successful, I only had one Suboxone and that's it and nothing else. And I went away to a friend's house, hours away, three hours away. He knew what was going on and I smoked cigarettes, ate food, kicked it on the couch, you know, ate my one Suboxone after 24 hours, just gritted my teeth through the first 24, ate my sub. And stayed out there for two weeks. I only had one Suboxone and I got pretty sick after that. And then you guys know the story after that. So that's what I would try to do. I would try to get into a nicer detox if anybody was willing to help me. But by the end, no one was willing to help me. I didn't have any money and I didn't have any health insurance. So in the same way that I would hustle for dope, I would try to hustle for Suboxone, hustle for other, other medication, get myself out of town because for me if i was even sort of near a connection i'm not kicking because you're too sick in fact at my friend's house the last time i kicked i threw away my cottons and i don't know day four i had completely dumped out his trash on the ground and there was like coffee grounds everywhere orange peels liquor bottles 
like trash everywhere and I was desperately combing through the trash looking for my cottons but the trash was so full like I didn't find them and uh, he had actually broken my syringes too so I like I don't even know what I would have done but he had popped my syringes anyways but I was desperately looking and if I had had even the, the, the tiniest ability to get to a connection I would have so for me, I had to be out of town. I never would have been able to do it in my mom's basement because <laughs> I tried that and it didn't work. You can also go to a detox, depending on what city you live in. There are detoxes that are not medicated that are free, like county-funded detoxes. I went to one once. I only went once and that line, that path can be really frustrating they almost never, for, for me, they never had a bed available. It was almost impossible to find one. And I only got into one once because I had a contact at that women's rehab that I went to and she got me hooked up with one. But there was like a waiting list for one in San Diego and I was calling every day for 20 days and I was never able to get a bed. So that is always an option. And the way to find one of those would be to call the SAMHSA National Helpline. I'm going to give that number to you guys right now. That's the Substance Abuse and Mental Health National Helpline. 1-800-662-4357. 1-800-662-4357. I'm going to put that in the show notes too. You can always call that number and say, hey, are there any free detoxes near me? The odds of those being medicated are slim, right? That's going to be, a, you know, you go in... They'll try to keep you comfortable. You know, you have a blanket and some food. You know, they'll probably let you go smoke, whatever. But that's going to be a non-medicated detox. So my goal was always to be able to do it somewhat medicated, even if it was me just putting it together, you know, on my own. So, yeah, guys, I hope that was helpful. Um, if you guys have any questions about anything, please let me know. DM me on Instagram. But really what I want to leave you with is what I said at the beginning, which is that detox is not easy, but it is definitely worth it. I have never regretted a detox in my life, and I've never met anybody that wishes that they hadn't detoxed. And it's a real opportunity to show yourself your own personal strength. And after the ravages of addiction, we feel like we're pretty weak people, right? I mean, I did. I felt like I was, I, like I was just weak and filled with shame and I couldn't do anything and there is an empowerment in kicking dope I mean there is and only will understand that right only another addict will understand that uh, you know someone that's not an addict might roll their eyes at that idea but I'm telling you guys that there is strength in kicking you know it takes grit to kick and if you can focus on the opportunity that you have there to come out on the other side of this as a wiser, stronger, more empowered version of yourself, that's going to get you through. So those are the things that I did. I hope this was helpful. Okay, guys. So at the beginning of the episode, I said I had some stuff that I wanted to add. I just listened to the episode and I realized I forgot a few things. So first off, I've had a bunch of people say, I don't want to take the time off of work. And I realize I'm suggesting, you know, going out of town for a week, potentially. Take the time off of work, you guys. I, I wish I had done that. And I felt the exact same way. I did not want to take time off when I was teaching at that really nice place to go do this. And I look back now, they would have believed me. They would have believed me if I had said, well, I never took time off. So if I just simply said I wanted to take time off, that would have been fine. Like other people took time off. 
I could have even said I had a family emergency and they absolutely would have believed me. So just say something else, you know, especially with laws these days, they can't really question you, you know, say you've got a family emergency, take the time, go out of town. If I were a kid and lived at home and was still like in high school or something, it is possible the 24 hours to three days before the sub, you can pull off, I'm sick. I I could have said that if I was living at home. Now, I probably wouldn't have ever been able to do that because if I was still at home, I would have just called the connect. I don't know that I could have ever successfully done that, but I understand being young, being at home and needing to say that it is possible to pull that off and just say, you know, you're super sick. That's possible. Also, to find a place like Choices that I was talking about, you could call that 1-800 number. Or if you go to a meeting, an AA meeting or an NA meeting, even if you're a friend or a parent, you could go to Naranon, Al-Anon, or you could still go to an AA meeting. If it's an open meeting, you can go even if you're not the addict or if you are the addict, go There will be someone there if you ask around about a detox who's like, oh, yeah, my buddy works at so-and-so, and and they can dial you in on detoxes in the area. And if the first person you ask at a meeting is not receptive and is like some old-timer who's like, oh, you just got to gut it out, man, blah, blah, you just ask somebody else, okay? Like the odds of running into an asshole at a 12-step meeting are not low. So just go to the next person. There are diamonds in meetings and like you'll find one or somebody will say, oh, so-and-so owns a sober living. You know, they might know like that's where the connections are going to be. That's how I found choices was through 12-step contacts. Actually, my mom found choices that way through people that went to meetings. So meetings are another resource, that 1-800 number, but then also meetings because the 1-800 number is just going to be like a person answering the phone and they're just going to be looking stuff up on a computer in a meeting it's a person who maybe has gone there or like their buddy went there so that's a good resource too if you need to go to a detox go to a 12-step meeting and if you're anti-12-step right now that's fine it doesn't matter you can still go sit through a meeting and ask around about a detox that's another resource also i rarely had xanax or ambien or anything nice like that What worked for me was just ibuprofen, super hot showers, and over-the-counter like Unisom, like sleep stuff. That worked for me. It was rare that I actually found a benzo, like super rare. That was like, you know, striking gold when I was trying to put together a little like kit kit. I could usually only find a few subs and, you know, maybe one benzo, something like that. So what I primarily used when I was caking on my own was just ibuprofen and hot showers. Also, after the Suboxone taper is done, you still feel sick for a little while. That's not the end of it. And I I don't know that I made that clear. You're still sick after that, but it has just lessened a lot. So don't be surprised when you don't feel great after the five days. You know, you're still, you're still caking a little. The Suboxone just took the edge off. So, okay, guys, that's the stuff I wanted to add. I hope this was helpful. Again, any questions or anything, please let me know.